The following podcast will contain spoilers. Spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Hello and welcome to another episode of Please Don't Make Me Watch. On this week's episode, we have for you CCTV crime, nuclear disasters, posh boy twats, and post-apocalyptic trains. Ooh. Ooh. Very varied this week, I feel. Yeah, well, I think like in tone, yours are very similar. Yes. But we'll get to that later. Yeah, we will. Um, what have you been up to this week, culturally? This week? Oh, I just realised on an earlier episode you said you just finished reading Orlando by Virginia Woolf. <gasps> I have also just finished reading Orlando oh by Virginia Woolf. Did you like it? I did like it, yeah. Okay. It's the first Virginia yeah. Woolf I've ever read, so... Oh, that's a bold one to start with, I think. I know, but I also felt like starting with it because it was short. <laughs> The other ones are like equally oh, short. Okay. Because yeah. I think, I, I mean, I read very quickly and I found that this was a book that I couldn't read very quickly. I wanted to like sit in it. Yeah. Which I think is... I think Mrs. Dalloway is much easier to read okay. quickly. And also just A Room of One's Own. It's like an essay. Yeah. And it's amazing. That's no. the shortest and amazing. Yeah. Okay. Um, in terms of other culture wise, um, I have been re-watching Firefly, which if you go to episode one of this podcast, you can find out our thoughts on. Um, Just because I wanted some comfort watching, because... Fair enough. And it's just... It's those times of year. Those times of year. Autumn's finally happening. I've brought out chunky knits. Yeah, you have. It looks very stylish. Very stylish. And so it's so dark in the mornings now. Yeah. I'm a big fan. I kind of like that. Autumn's my favourite season, I think. I like walking out and it being dark. Yeah. I'm very happy with that. It's the waking up and it being dark that I have a problem with. That's less fun. Yeah. If it could be light and then dark again, you'd be happy mm. with that. Another thing I'm also enjoying is series four of The Good Place. Oh yeah, I haven't watched it yet. It's, it's The Good Place, it's, it's very good. Um, I, I think final season, right? Final series, and I'm, I'm also glad that they're ending it when they're ending it because I think that often with shows, especially I think with comedies, is they run too long. Oh yeah, definitely. And I think that they've made a very good decision to be like, no, this is where the story is naturally ending. Let's yeah. end it here, not end it and then try and cobble together four more series. Yeah, because there's always like someone who wants to leave or they like get criticised for something and they try and make up for it and you're like, yeah. just deal with the criticism, like, yeah. It's all good. Um, yeah, but what about you? What have you been up to? What have I been up to? Oh gosh, not very much. I feel very um. Oh, I've written, I've written, I've read so many books about small boys who their mum has like left or has died. So they live just with their dad and they've all got some sort of special you know, interest in like bird watching or Scrabble or something and they all get bullied at school and then it's about uh-huh. what happens to them. I've read three books three like that. Three of them? And, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's because I keep reading young adult literature and then I'm also reading one for book club and oh, all okay. of them are annoying me now. I'm Fair still enough. currently reading two of them and I'm every time I start them I'm like, which boy is this? Who knows? Is this mum dead or away? Who knows? I don't give a shit. What, why have you had to read so many of these? So two of them, I let the kids at school who I teach choose what I read uh, okay. in library lessons. So they've they've just been suggested to me. And then the other one I have to read for book club. And it's not young adult, but it just happens to have the same kind of like stick going on. So it's just made me really annoyed. Fair. Apart from that, I've been watching Drag Race UK. Yeah, which... Oh, I've watched The Apprentice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Which is shit as ever, but really enjoyable. We had to do our GCSE English language coursework on The Apprentice. Did you? That's such a good choice. I think because we had you have to do a bit of like on like spoken language on like speech, and our English teacher picked one of the top five interviews from The Apprentice, and it's forever ruined The Apprentice. Oh, I feel like that's great. Because I I I feel like I mean I I hated English in school. I really hated it. 
And which is weird because I, I like I love to read, I love books, but just doing it in in school kind of I was quite lucky in that at GCSE we did books that I didn't particularly like anyway. Oh, okay. So we did things like I didn't particularly enjoy *Mice and Men*. Oh, I don't like *Mice and no. Men*. No, in *Inspector Calls*, I thought. Oh, I love *Inspector Calls*. You're I, the only person I've ever met who. Well, doesn't no, no, read I liked it. *Inspector Calls* before I had to study it, and I think just studying it kind of for me just sort of withdrew oh, the enjoyment out of it. But I'd be so interested fun. to see it again now that I'm out of the zone and then we did you should watch the adaptation oh. with lupin in it as the inspector Ooh. it's awesome i'm interested to see that and then we also did heroes by robert cormier as our book oh, which is that. a book that no one has ever heard of and no one should ever read because it's bad i've read the chocolate war by robert cormier and i really oh. like that and it's um, about like kids who have to sell the most chocolate bars to win and then uh, it all goes mental and lord of the flies he heroes isn't like that heroes is about a guy that comes back from world war ii with a mushed face oh, okay that's not and that somehow that premise is not very interesting Oh, well, never mind. On we'll move fun, on yeah. to the TV. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what a segue. Um, so it's my TV first this week. I chose something super relevant and up so to date. Wow. Um, and it is The Capture. The Capture is a 2019 British miniseries in six episodes starring Holiday Granger, Laura Haddock and Callum Turner. It, the premise is essentially that a guy called Sean Emery um, is acquitted of a war crime in Afghanistan and then finds himself accused of the kidnapping and murder of his barrister Hannah Roberts backed by damning CCTV evidence and he's trying to clear his name because he doesn't he says this didn't happen even though it's on CCTV and then this woman called Detective Inspector Rachel Carey who's Holiday Granger um, begins to uncover a conspiracy surrounding the footage Ooh, and it's written and directed by Ben Shannon Okay. Yay, Ben. What do you think? Um, I, it's really interesting. This, before, I was something I thought, oh, maybe I'll watch that, and then forgot about watching it. And now I've watched episode one. Um, it got a lot of, it gets a lot of comparisons, I think, to Bodyguard especially, but also some to Line of Duty. Yeah, the um, Line of Duty one I don't really understand. No, I don't think this is, because both of those are by Jed Mercurio, I don't think this is clever as either of those, because it's a bit, it's a bit campy, I think is the best way to describe it. It's not... It's like body. If Bodyguard was a bit trashier than Bodyguard is, because Bodyguard yeah. is trashy line of duty. Yeah. The capture is trashy Bodyguard. Yeah. That being said, it's very compelling, and I think I mean this is this is sort of Holiday Granger appears in both of your things this week. Does she? Oh yes, yeah, she, she does. does. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. I don't uh, actually. As in, I like her. I'm sure she's a lovely yeah. woman. She's very beautiful. I find her a little bit annoying. I think I think in this she is a bit irritating, um, and I think that. It's a lot of pouting. It's, yeah, she pouts a lot in this. She's better in... We'll talk about later, I think. Yeah. But I think in, in this, she's a bit pouty. I don't particularly kind of like the aspect of the opening because I think... I'm obviously not native of London, but there are a couple of details that I was like, that, what? Like, they, they say the postcode and it's a North London postcode, but the thing is in South London. And for some reason, that really annoyed me. I didn't even notice that. <laughs> no. Um, but I think that there are a couple of things that it sort of, it falls very much into the tropes of British police dramas nowadays. Yeah. In that they show a bunch of terrorists and they are all kind of stereotypical Islamic terrorists. Yeah. And I think it would have been more interesting if it was a slightly different angle, but I, I get what No, but they ha the whole point is yeah. that they're stereotypical. The whole, like, yeah, exactly. It, as in... Even mm. as you watch more yeah. of the... Because I watched the whole series. Mm -hmm. And I think I am going to continue watching this just because it is, it's interesting, but also I can recognise that it's not great. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, I would agree. I don't think it's a great television show, but it's like, it's a good premise. No, definitely. What if something is appearing on live CCTV that's not happening? How are they doing that? That's um, what basically gripped me the whole time. Yeah, and I do think that I enjoyed the, um, the kind of the interplay between the two stories, because Holiday Granger's side of it and um, Sean Emery's side of it, uh, the guy who gets accused, they're very separate until they kind of converge at the end when he gets arrested at the end of episode one. Yeah. Um, and I think that there are a couple of things though, for example, in his initial trial when he gets acquitted, it's because of camera lag. And I just sort of think that's surely the thing you would have checked first if there's ca lag No, but that's the, the whole, that's the I know, whole question, isn't it? It, it, it feels because, it, yeah. So the reason he gets off is because camera mm. lag. Um, the audio lags behind the picture. Oh, someone, Paul Ritter comes Ooh. in, who's in your I know. Um, television choice. How weird. Okay, um, so Paul Ritter comes in and acquits him because his camera lagged, mm. da, 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 da. But the whole point of that, I feel like, is because you don't know if that's true. Yeah. Like, even you think they would have checked mm -hmm. it, so it seems like a ridiculous. Yeah. So then you're like, well, why has he got off if it isn't true? Mm. But is he like, is this guy a, a war criminal or is he yeah. not? Like, you know. But it, it did feel like, here is some foreshadowing. Yeah. And, it, and that's the thing is, I, I feel like it's very clunky. As a yeah. show, and I've heard people talk about it. Oh, it's the best thing ever! It's the best thing ever. I'm like, have you seen Line of Duty? Have you watched Line I've of Duty? I've never heard anyone say it's the best thing I... ever. Everyone keeps being like, it's very enjoyable. No, I've I've heard people be like, oh, it's the best show on at the moment. I'm just thinking, no. And we'll 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 get on to my thoughts on some of the best shows that's been on this year. But I I feel like with this, it it's very interesting. It is very compelling. I want to shout out to the theme music because I think the theme yeah. tune is great. Yeah, yeah. I I just I thought that was kind of oh that's an interesting choice and I really like that. Um, and I think that there are a couple of sort of elements that feel so unnecessary and so Blair. Like Holiday Granger's character is shagging her old boss. No, but that comes into play. That comes into play because yeah, yeah, in yeah. episode one, I know one, it seems like it uh, seems like a lot of the tropes, and they are yeah. tropes, but they are used well. Okay, I think I this is again the perspective of me being only an episode in, and you being yeah. having seen the whole thing. And I, I feel like I also love. I have such hot because my mum fancies the guy that she goes with, the older guy, and now I. Fancy I feel like that I've guy. seen him. In you something. have. He's called Ben Miles. He's in, like, if you saw the Layman trilogy on stage, he was that. And if you saw Wolf Hall on stage, he was the main part in that. And oh, like, okay. He's been in, I, can't, I don't know what mm. films, but he's an amazing yeah. actor. Because I've, I've definitely I seen him. him in something. And I'm just like, I cannot picture what I've seen oh, you in. And it's really he's bugging incredible. me. There are just some some choices that I feel like, okay. Choices. <laughs> choices. Hi, Tatiana. <laughs> She's not had a good week. Uh -huh. Oh, has she not? And she got arrested for being drunk and disorderly. Uh, but then has also now made merch out of her mugshot. So of course she has. So turned oh, lemons well. into lemonade. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> anyway, okay. brief drag queen aside. Um, I, I, I feel like it's it very much the first episode is so cliched it's kind of hilarious. But I then hope that, as you're saying, it sort of then uses those cliches in a di slightly different way. Like, she's tracking her boss. He is, like, interested in the hot lawyer that got him off. Yeah. Like... No, those are all yeah used. Clunky foreshadowing is clunky, and I hate it. I think is is my is my biggest issue with it is that a lot is set up, but it's set up in quite a lazy way. Yeah. But it's still lazy enough to make it interesting because I feel like there's there's quite a lot of like. Catches. I feel like it's for the general British, as in yeah. I'm not saying that we're cleverer than the general British no. probably because that'd be like offensive and rude, but yeah. and not true. But equally, 
I think they're tailoring for Lois. Oh, definitely, yeah. It's like, hello, this is important. Please yes. pay attention. Hey, look. So it can feel a little bit clunky. And there's probably other stuff that feels really obvious. Like, feels really subtle to us. Yeah. Like, someone else is like, mm. oh, it's so obvious. One thing I want to say that I think it does really well this first episode is it doesn't show you the CCTV footage, CCTV footage until the end. Yeah. That is the best choice I think the, ep the first episode Also, makes. the CCTV footage, we should say, is him abducting yeah. her. Like, yeah. it's definitely it's, him abducting cause he, her. Because he, like, identifies him and he identifies her. It's like, yeah, that's me, that's her. Wait, what? And that's, that's a really good scene. And I thought, okay... This has got me interested now with Yeah, because you're like, how physically is this happening? And is he is it even happening? Like maybe yeah. he's just blacked out the fact that he's abducted someone. Exactly. Because that's that scene alone pulled it up a couple of points for me. Because it, it was it was sort of like, this is the kind of a mess, but I'm still enjoying it. Even yeah. That, but I don't think I'd watch any more. That scene sort of made me think, okay, maybe I will watch a little bit more. Because I'm interested. Yeah. I think it's got good twists. It has got good twists. It's got yeah. good cliffhangers and stuff. Like every mm. episode I was like, ooh. Yeah. And I think <laughs> there was, there was there's, an, there's that moment, the CCTV footage scene in the first episode kind of did remind me of um, in Bodyguard when they're in the car and the car gets tacked. It sort of, oh, you just yeah, come yeah, out of yeah. nowhere but then has massive kind of ramifications in yeah. is a really great sequence. I don't think it's as good as the sequence of Bodyguard because I think Bodyguard and especially Lion Duty have advantage that the script is miles better. Even though Bodyguard is kind Bodyguard of... Bodyguard is trash though. Bodyguard like, is... Body, I think Bodyguard was I enjoyed Bodyguard being but like, I was uh, really let down by it by the end. I was annoyed. I agree. I They're doing a second series of that aren't they? I think so. I kind of... I'm sad they I don't are. know why. Like It finished quite well. It finished fine, like... Like, it had it had a decent ending. Yeah. It didn't need to... There was no need to continue the story. Yeah. And what else is going to happen to him? There's also just the believability factor. Like, the whole point is that it's a normal person... Or not normal yeah. person, but, like, a person we can identify with who gets into this crazy situation. Yeah. I think that's where lots of dramas fall down. Because mm. if it's this one... If it's set around one crazy situation, then... How is that person yeah. so unlucky that they happen to get into something mm. similar again? And that is, that is also sense. one of my issues with the capture, is that I find both um, Sean Emery, who I can't remember the actor's name... Oh, Callum Turner. And, yeah, and Holiday Grange's character, quite unrealistic. Yeah. Like, she has apparently shot through the police ranks from sort of someone that's just done, like, the CCTV grunt work to going to counter-terrorism, to going to homicide very, very quickly. Again, I should say that is a plot point. Okay. That's crucial. I'm, it is, it is, yeah, it is a plot point. I mean, it's a plot point in episode one. But no, 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 as in... It gets, it gets... Okay. It's very significant. Right. Because that, that for me was a bit like, wait, I, I kind of, in a way, wished they'd cast slightly older for that character just from this first episode. No. Okay. Again, this is the problem, is that... I'm probably going to watch the rest and I kind of don't want you to tell me what happens. No, I can't I tell you what happens. Know. I don't want to spoil it. But like a lot of a lot of what we're saying... Has payoff. Has payoff. Okay. It's stuff that you... I remember watching it and being like, this is stupid. stupid. Like, who are you? Mm. And it's it's the same It's the same with Sean Emery. Is that Sean Emery as a character I find very unbelievable. Is, is that he kind of is like sort of this... He's like your cliche, like, oh, I used to be a soldier. Yeah. Now I have, like... Now I'm almost like an ascetic monk in a way. It's sort of weird. The way that he's framed, especially in the scene in the pub, I found that as like, hang on, what? This is the same character as this person that we just saw in the prison and we just saw in a primary... What? No. It didn't, it didn't gel. Yeah, I don't me. know if his character is that kind of... And it, that, for me, was an issue, is that he felt a bit... What? And someone has since told me what happens at the end of episode two. 
and I was a bit like, hang on, how do we get to what happens at the end yeah, of episode yeah, yeah, two? Yeah, yeah, that was great though. From the end of episode That's one. That's why the series is good. Because is... you don't understand how you've got somewhere, but you're like, I've enjoyed the ride. It's like, this is this is some bullshit, but I'm really enjoying this as some bullshit. Yeah, it all does kind of make sense. Yeah, it does, it does, I hope, when I watch episode two, that it sort of is cohesive. Because that, that is kind of my issue with knowing what episode two ends like, is because I'm it not... It is cohesive. Okay. I never remember in the series being like, I don't... Like, and as we've said many a time, I watch while I do other things. Exactly, yeah. It was not a show that I switched my attention back mm -hmm. to and was like, wait, I don't understand. Like, I never had to rewind to work it out. It always seemed very logical. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think that's, 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 that's a sign of a show that's at least being consistent. Yeah, definitely. Even if it is clunky and a bit... Well, it's not like I don't think it's high class television. No. I don't know why people would say that, but I think it is very enjoyable. Yeah, and like a clever, a clever premise, well acted. Exactly, I agree. Speaking of well acted and a good premise, my yes, TV. Yes, your TV. So um, I have given Alice my favourite TV from twenty nineteen so far, which is a big risk, and I have asked you to watch Chernobyl. Chernobyl is a 2019 historical drama produced by Sky and HBO, uh, created and written by Craig Mazin and directed by Josh Rennick, starring Jared Harris, Dan Skarsgård and Emily Watson. It is five episodes that follow the Chernobyl disaster, starting with the disaster itself and then sort of looking at its aftermath and its ramifications. Um, one thing I didn't like about the advertising of the show is that it does sort of say the highest rated show on IMDb and that really annoyed me before I watched it, and then I watched it and I thought, holy shit, this is great. Like, it it really kind of absorbs you into everything in the show. And I know you are generally not a fan of the historical drama. This isn't really what I would call historical no. drama. I think this is political drama. Political drama. I would say anything pre-1950 would be historical. So pre World War II and back is historical. World War II back, historical. Everything, mm -hmm. I feel like that's political drama okay. to me anyway but i yeah what, what did you think no let's be honest it's a phenomenal show yeah we can't like as in there's nothing to critique here it's really good it has loads of my favorite actors from stage on yeah which i just really appreciate and i want to give a shout out to the casting director which i think is nina gold because sam Troughton is one of my favorite actors maybe in the world and he's like he's so incredibly talented me and my mom go and see loads of stuff he's in he's mm. constantly at the national theater if you can possibly see him do and every role he's amazing in and he's in this. Hooray! I didn't see Emily Watson. I don't think she's in she the first episode. She only has episode two. Okay, awesome. Jessie Buckley's in there. Yeah. Jessie Buckley's an amazing actress. Um, who this woman who I don't know her name, but she's in there. She's got very short hair. And oh, she's the, and, she was, and she's got quite sticky out ears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was yeah, in yeah. Line of Duty and also in the last series of Game of Thrones. Yes, yes, yes. So that's why everyone tells me. But she was also on the stage. She's in loads of plays and she's okay. amazing in them. Um, I think she's playing the White Witch in the Bridge Theatre's Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe oh, this Christmas, in fact. And then her, her boyfriend, again, only got a glimpse of him. Michael Socher. Oh, yeah, exactly. Recognise yeah. him from those. Ah, it was just a really good cast. Paul Ritter is in this yes. as the biggest dick of all time. Yeah, plays... I've never been so angry. Oh. I watched it this morning. This is why I have quite a lot of emotions <laughs> about this. I watched it this morning. Me and the guy I was watching it were both incredibly hungover. And we watched it and it was really upsetting and I almost cried. And Paul Ritter and the other men that are around with him, mm. we were like, I was like, these men are evil. And there was, ah, oh, yeah. I mean, I've been so angry about this, characters in a yeah. show. They were like, umbrage level evil. Mm. I've never been, like, no. honestly. 
Honestly. I mean, this, this is the uh, thing is that when we were talking uh, about the capture, we were talking uh, about sort of uh, things having payoff, and that initial scene, because Paul Ritter um, plays Dyatlov, who's kind of like the head engineer. He's a twat, is what's happening. He is a twat. Yeah. But the payoff with that section yeah. in like episode three and episode five, because this is this is five episodes on its very short series, is incredible. It's you're watching it and you just think, hang on, I did because I, I obviously Paul Ritter. I think we both know him mostly from Friday Night Dinner. Dinner. Yeah, um, did not realise he was that good of a dramatic actor. Yeah, like, I think I've seen him in stuff before, so I vaguely knew. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, he's incredible. He's incredible. I think Jared Harris is. Pitch perfect. Wait, so casting. who is Jared Harris? Jared Harris is um, Legasov. He's the nuclear physicist. Which one? There are so many. He's the main one. No, again. The ginger clear. one. The one at the beginning. The one, the one, the one beginning. at the very beginning. The one with at the, the very beginning. Yes, with the cat. Okay, so he's not in it very much, but he's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Like, he... as in, that was. Mm. I think I actually wrote notes about this. Yeah, because I, I, I watched this in about the course of all five episodes in the course of about two days. <laughs> like... So I physically couldn't do that. Like, it yeah. was about to switch to the next episode, and me and the guy were like, no, no, absolutely not. We switched onto the rugby. It was too much. I, I honestly physically couldn't handle that yeah. much. I put amazing way to open a show. Oh yeah, one of the best openings ever. Mm. And so, I can't get over how amazing the sets are. It's amazing. Every it's other house, it, every other house that you see, you know that you feel that someone's dressed it. If yeah. that makes sense. And these are like. They manage to be beautiful and yet grimy, but not like overly grimy. They so feel like no one can live. Yeah, they feel lived in exactly. Um, I put showing it from such a human perspective. Yeah. I've never seen it in that way before. Because that was that was my favorite going into it. I thought, oh, is it going to be like loads of explosions and like no. whirring and bright lights and oh all my that god, kind of the way that you not. see the explosion happen is so clever yeah. because it's right at the very beginning almost, and it's just a woman checking in on her husband, mm. and then she comes out and she's like making dinner or something. And then you see a flash behind her, but she doesn't see it yeah. in the window. And then she turns around, and there's this huge like, <laughs> and you realise yeah. that sounds travel like sounds so f- yeah. And the whole house shakes, and you're like, oh my god. Yeah. And it's just. Uh, and then the thing is, it's obviously like uh, knowing from the present what that was, and then you seeing like the the people god, of the and town going to watch it. The way they fucking it. deal with it is. It's, you see kids like dancing in the dust and it's one yeah. of the most beautiful scenes I've ever seen shot and but also, also you want to cry because you're like, all of you are going to die. And, the, and the, those kind of emotions continue throughout the whole thing. When, uh, so there's a scene later with um, Emily Watson's character where she goes to a hospital and it is just heartbreaking. And I, I, It's quite a lot of it I didn't really feel like I could watch, honestly. No. And then I felt like I had to watch it because people went through it. So, you know, you're like, yeah. I feel like I should, but also... It's too much. It's like, oh my god. Okay, so spoiler. But the bit when they so Paul Ritter's like, I don't believe you. Nothing has happened to my nuclear power plant. I'm amazing. I'm gonna go up on the roof and check for myself. And then he vomits, and it's one of the most satisfying vomits yeah. ever because you're like, I don't want you to die, but I deeply want you to die because yeah. you've not realised this at all, and you've put so many people no. in danger. And then he vomits. He has to be taken out by hospital staff. And then they make the other two men, who are the most evil people in the world, mm. make this this guy who's come to them to tell them what's happened. They, they're like, yo, you're wrong. And they're yeah. like, well, you can go to the roof then. And you're like, so you're not just in denial. You know that it's bad because you don't want to go to the roof yeah. yourself. And they make him go and his whole face basically like peels off as he's doing it's, it. It's disgusting. It's, but the thing, the thing is, is it's very visceral, but also because you've had that human connection with those characters beforehand, it, it's heartbreaking. Yeah, it's and it's awful. Much, you've only seen these characters for... 
maybe five minutes. Yeah. But the connection is made so quickly and so profoundly. Like the nuclear physicists who go and turn all of the knobs to get the yeah. water flowing. It's, and then, and the, oh my God, the most powerful line in the whole thing is when someone's like, I'm not doing, like there are four of them left. Mm. And Sam Troughton, hooray, is like, I, we need to go and get the water through. We have to turn the knobs. And this other guy who's been and witnessed like his friends dying, you see them yeah. all dying of the, this intense radioactive poisoning, mm. um, is like, I'm not going. I'm not going. And Sam Charlton's like, no, you need to think about what you're saying because if what you're saying is true and we can't do anything, we're not only dead, millions of people are dead. So I'm going yeah. to turn them. And you're like, I suddenly understand. Because before that, I was like, what are you doing? Run, Why are you going? Run. run away. And then you suddenly understand because... Like, he has to believe that it yeah. hasn't happened because otherwise that's too... The truth is too awful to contemplate. It's, it's incredible. And then they're both just there, like, these two... Oh, it's, it's so... Honest, so... I can't and really the thing is, is that it. then, like, that kind of carries on. And then, but then also I feel like that sort of... That kind of heartbreaking emotion sort of towards the end tails off, but the rage kind of spikes up when you... Oh, you're so angry. When it, you kind of get revealed sort of the systems in place that allowed this to happen. And this twatty man is like, oh, look at Lenin. This is named after Lenin. So we should eventually, the people yeah. don't know what's best for them and what's best for their hard-earned exactly. labour. So what we should do is lock everyone in. And you're like, this is literally what they did with the plague in yeah. the Renaissance England. But then, but also, like, kind of theming and story aside, I want to talk briefly about cinematography. Ah. Oh. Which is... Gorgeous. It's stunning because a lot of the colours are very like initially when you see kind of the town near Chernobyl, it's quite green, it's quite light, and then the minute the disaster happens, the haze is the brightest thing you see. So this nuclear kind of haze around the whole thing and this mm. fire, and then everything else slowly becomes more and more washed out as the whole show progresses. And it's just the the colour grading and the the shooting. also the last shot, the last shot of the episode one is all of these. You see the dust cloud yeah. coming, essentially, and you know that, like, oh, it's awful. And then you see these tower blocks that's going through, and it's a lovely sunny day, like it basically was this morning, not yeah. so much now, um, which made it even creepier. And these tower blocks, and you see all these kids in, like, weird Soviet, you know, like, school uniforms yeah. going down, and all you see is their... You, you zoom in on them, so all you can see is their feet for a bit. Yeah. And then they all go past, and they're all having a lovely time, you can hear them all talking, and then this bird just drops out of the sky dead. And, and then it ends, and you're like... <gasps> it's so good. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm interested. Seeing as obviously, like, kind of, you found it really hard to watch. Are you going to watch the rest of it? Or... Yeah, hundred percent. It's too good not to. It is, I just couldn't watch it today. Like, no. I need. I feel like I need breaks. I'm glad there's only five episodes. Because mm. I, th I think I think the good thing is that every episode sort of focuses on a. It obviously is a linear story that does focus on different things. So you see a bit more of like, Jared Harris's characters dealing with the government. Um, Emily Watson dealing with kind of like local level bureaucracy trying to sort of clamp down it, being like, no, this is not a disaster, oh no. You see then see sort of like the cleanup effort as well. Oh my god, when they send the firefighters in. This firefighter like handles some... Graphite. Graphite, which is used to hold the nuclear containers, and he's like, wait, what's this for? And you're like, do not touch That's it. Sure. And then like literally five seconds later, his hand is... He's basically dead. Yeah. And it's... And it's it's incredible. And they're and kind it's of... just like they didn't know what they were going into because they no. were deliberately told the wrong thing, essentially. Mm. Like maybe not deliberately, but it felt like deliberately yeah. anyway. It's... They're like, oh no, the roof's burning, and it's like, no, the roof isn't burning. Mm -hmm. You have exploded a massive nuclear like core of something. Yeah, it's basically like a giant bomb has just gone off. Yeah, and they don't understand. I mean, to be fair, I don't know how it could happen, but I'm not yeah. a nuclear physicist. But they were like, could it physically happen? Do you know if it could physically happen? And people are like, 
I don't know. Like, I don't understand no. how it could have happened, but it has. And they're like, well, it can't have happened, so it hasn't happened. Yeah. No. It's, um, it's it, not how you do science, surely. It's, it's so... <sighs> it does kind of make you think so much, wait, hang on, this happened and this happened because of this and sort of certain systems that were in place. And there's a really sort of interesting video essay that kind of covers Chernobyl as well as like government structures under pressure. Oh. And, it, and it really interesting compares the Chernobyl disaster to Grenfell. Oh, which I, I will will link to on Twitter, which I think is a really it's a really interesting look at how Chernobyl looks at like personal responsibility and governmental responsibility, and then also how kind of that could be very much applied to the Grenfell Tower disaster. Yeah, I'd imagine so. Which I think I would imagine that would get like yeah. I can see in like twenty years time Grenfell. Yeah, and like it's a similar. It's it's a similar sort of a similar thing thing, but I'm I'm just really glad you liked it as much. That was amazing. It's I don't understand how you could not appreciate it. No. Like, it's got but everything you want, really. It's got drama. It's got it's got human drama though. Yeah. It's not drama. Like the capture is great, but like it's essentially drama for the sake of drama. Yeah. It's not like it's not about the people, but also then it Chernobyl's also got spectacle in it. Like yeah, the the actual spectacle of watching from the control room the reactor explode is amazing and then actually later when they show it from the point of view of the reactor it's done Ooh. so well i've been talking about this people who know me hate me because i talk about how good this show is so much my mom and dad have been talking about it for ages and it, i kept meaning to watch it and never got around to it so i'm glad i did yay for this right moving on from that amazing tv series to my film um which is again I would class as like trashy and yet enjoyable, mm. but we'll see. Um, and that is The Riot Club. The Riot Club is a 2014 British drama film directed by Lone Scherfig and written by Laura Wade, who's an amazing playwright, based on her play Posh, which is from 2010. The film stars the beautiful and gorgeous Sam Claflin and also Max Irons and also Douglas Booth. Mm. But Sam Claflin is my preferred person of them. It's set among the Riot Club, a fictional all-male exclusive dining club at the University of Oxford. Obviously, a thinly veiled version of the real-life Billingdon Club, although Wade was like, no, it's so, it's a completely fictitious, never happened before, oh no. Um, uh, it's fun, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think it's like an amazing, amazing film, but I think the writing is quite on point and I think it gives a lot. We should preface this by being like, we both went to Oxford. Yeah, this, that's where we met. That's where we met, so... We yeah. have kind of a... I think we have a different... I watched this film the day before I went. I deliberately did not watch this film because I was going to Oxford. I watched it with some friends who I knew went to Oxford already. Mm. And they were like, it's not like that, really. Mm. Not really. That, and that I was like, takeaway, okay. Because I feel like that a lot of people... One, none of these people do any work while at the university. Because most of the time you are in a library doing an essay. Yeah, that's so true. Because I think, I think that's that's one thing that obviously it's not what the film's about, but when most students at Oxford, you are doing quite an intense degree. Yeah. I would, I would, I think that's fair. I think. But I don't, yeah. No, I would agree. I actually don't know anyone who didn't work reasonably hard. Yeah. Even the people who didn't work that hard actually did work quite yeah. hard. Like, comparatively. I mean, for context, for my degree, I did music. I had to write 180 essays in three years. You count. Wow. Yeah. Look at you. I don't think I wrote that many essays, but I did write quite a lot. And I also, just like... The amount of work that goes into those essays, I think, is a lot. Is a lot. You're writing at least one a week, if not two, plus extra work. Yeah, plus also trying to have a social life. Yeah, attempting. Yeah. And also there's, like, pressure to do shit, like, be in on... Well, for you, like, ensembles Walls. and stuff. Yeah. And for me, like, 
I did lots of singing. Yeah, through I mean, we were in like, choir together as well. Yeah, so. or like pop, like the shitty JCR politics yeah. that go on, or whatever. Anyway, there's like. Mm. You're doing a lot. Yeah, but another thing that I think that this film does it right is you do get some people at Oxford who come from incredibly privileged backgrounds. And like, that's... that's we could name a few, but we, we could, won't. We could. Um, but also I th feel like it is definitely centralised on some of the older colleges. Yes. Whereas we both went to one of the newer ones, so I feel like we were slightly more removed. Not wholly, because it's Oxford, of course, you're yeah. going to bump into them. Yeah. But we were slightly more removed. Also, listen to me. Yeah. Like, I am part of that world, mm. let's be honest. I'm not in, like, the Bullingdon Club League, Jesus Christ. No. But, as in, I sound like I could fit yeah. in that world. And there are, there are a couple of lines in this that really kind of, if, I was, if I'd heard them said to me, I would have punched them in the face. I, mean, <gasps> I have such a good story, actually. Sorry, just to be like, oh yeah, this is actually quite realistic. Because all of these guys are twats, basically. Oh, yeah. Um, my friend went on a date with someone. I think I was in first year. She was in second year. She went on a date with a boy, and she comes from, like, Northern State School. Mm. And um, he came from, like, one of these kind of schools. Like, yeah, yeah, Eton, yeah. Harrow, whatever. Winchester. And he said something like, oh, you're really normal for, like, a state school girl. Mm. Because usually state school people are really weird because they had to work so hard to get in here. Yeah. And usually they don't have a social life. And she was like, we're not going on another day. No. Like, why would you say that? No, Even if you think that, yourself. why would you say it? Why is that an acceptable yeah. thing for you to and, say? I mean, I've, I had exactly the same sort of thing. Uh, not not on a date, but in a similar kind of context of being like, like, where did you go to school? I went to two different state schools in Cardiff. And they went, oh my God. Like, yeah, we'll never guess that. Like, As if that's like a... And I'm like, what? Yeah, I don't have the... Like, when I, to be honest, when I started, I had a really strong Cardiff accent, but Oxford killed that. Yeah. Uh, but now I, I don't. I have quite a sort of neutral accent, but yeah. there's a line in the Riot Club where they say, one of the one of the kind of bit characters says, oh, I am just went to a North School in Cardiff, and two of the members of the Riot Club go, oh my God, I love the Welsh. I've been to Cardiff once, and I've actually had someone say that to me. And I'm just, <laughs> just like, oh my God, I want to just throw you in a road. My uh, favourite bit is when they're like, oh, how do you make an Etonian cry? Oh no, how do you take it, make, sorry, how do you make an Eton mess? Tell me it only got into Bristol. <laughs> yeah. What a and, joke. And it's just like, it, it, this is my main criticism of the film, is that it made me so angry. I think that's good, that's and the think, point think, of the film. Is, I think it is good, but I, I also, I found it so hard to watch, because I think I was just having this sort of like, all of that kind of anxiety that I had about going to Oxford, was based around all these rumours that it's a bunch of posh boys oh, I running see. around. I get what you mean. Because, I mean, there aren't, there is not a very large Welsh contingent in Oxford Uni, and I was kind of worried that people were going to judge me because I went to... Too Welsh? Yeah. Really? Yeah, because I... I, I, I never I, even thought of that being as something that would people... Well, it's, it's because... Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. as in, that hadn't occurred to me. No. As a thing. Yeah. But wow. it's, it's, it's why, I mean, it's why when you're a Welsh student applying to the University of Oxford, they generally say, apply to Jesus College because they have the most Welsh students. Oh my God. I thought that was just because, like, it was like, oh, Welsh. No. They're it, just Welsh people sticking together. And it definitely had that nervousness about going. And I really related to Holiday Granger's character, who is there like, no, I got in just as much as you. There's a really good scene at the beginning which where you can see our old college because the geography of Oxford... Can you? I haven't rewatched it since. Well, we it's, it's really funny. So they show accommodation of one college that is 
in like the east of the centre. And then when they show the roof of that, it's at the west of the centre, near where our college is. And I was like, yeah. the geography of this does not line up. But credit to them, they do actually film it in Oxford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it does help that you get lots and lots of beautiful shots of Oxford in the sunshine. Which, which looks amazing. It, it's very pretty. and It's not like any of the Oxford I knew. No. And that for me was, I think, obviously the point. It's not meant to be, even if you went to Oxford, I think you're meant to be like, that wasn't my experience. Yeah. Because my experience was being in a library than being in a rehearsal. <laughs> that was that was it. You make it sound so boring. Well, I mean, I had a social life, but it was mostly connected to, like, doing music. Because I did lots of music. Oh, my experience... I wouldn't categorise my experience of that. I, I would categorise my experience of being, like, like cycling around and being aware that, like, so many mm. other students had been here before me. Yeah. But also feeling like this was, like, my city, mm. my friend's city. I think... No one else. I think, I think that's, that's the thing that think, encapsulates Oxford and, for me. It's, like, historical and yet yeah. you're, you're, like, no one else gets this experience. This is mine alone. Like, I own it. It's really interesting to say that because watching this kind of brought back all this anxiety that I had when before I went, once I got in, before I started, and actually, to be honest, that kind of continues that whole degree, is that I don't belong here because it's for people like this. Oh. And that, I think, for me, is a real kind of... And it just made I think me... because I watched this before, I was like, well, they don't fucking own it. I'm no. not having that. So I never felt that because I was like, well, they're clearly wanker. Like, anyone who acts yeah. like that, who acts like they own it, mm. is a wanker. Yeah. Like, obviously. So therefore, it's just as much mine. And it, and it just, for me, it just raised some like really horrible past feelings that I thought I was beyond. Because now I say, oh, I went to Oxford University. I'm quite proud of the fact that I got in because I worked bloody hard to get in. And, and I I'm, hard I was there. It's not even like the getting in for me because I know that we all mm. worked hard to get in. But also I think there's a substantial amount of luck in yeah. terms of like the interview process. Like mm. who has, you know, anyone, so many amazing people don't get in and so no. many shitty people do get in. But yeah. like we all were around the same. It's more like doing the degree mm. that makes me proud yeah, exactly. because I put so much work into that and I also really enjoyed it and I, I know. I'm like great and, it, and I just I think watching this film <laughs> especially so the first half is kind of the riot club in Oxford being twat and the second half is the dinner so the dinner I think is more crucial to this movie yes. the bits in Oxford are like mm. Oh look, yeah. they go to Oxford. But I almost feel like I don't know if it's like that in the play, mm. but definitely in the play I can see it just being the dinner, and you wouldn't need. The, and I almost think the external bits make it less powerful because mm. it becomes associated with one particular institution. And what it should mm. be about is a bunch of posh boys, a bunch of like posh boys being money. dicks and being incredibly sexist. Yeah. Like the sexism in this is unbelievable oh, and horrific and horrible. With this film, there is a point in which, I think for me, it's the dinner scene and then there's a scene in the pub. Oh, you mean the one at the right at the beginning? Yeah, Sorry, right at the beginning. not the dinner. No, but that that scene and just the kind of the offhand comments they think are Yeah, I think that's great. That really enraged me. And then the dinner takes it to a whole new level because it's like, it's just thing on thing on thing and they are trashing this restaurant. But that's the whole point, right? That's the whole point. And it just makes me think, fuck these people and fuck the people that they're based on. And the fact that people like this are still in power today. Yeah. And they are acting like this like is Like the fine. same, they're acting in exactly the same way, yeah. which is like, I'm entitled to this. Yeah. I'm going to trash it. You're not going to talk about no. it because like, it's going to be worse for you if you tell anything about it. Yeah. And I, I deserve this because I'm from money. It's like, no. You're not entitled to this. But I think that's why money. this film is good because it makes yeah. you angry. Because it, it would have been very so easy to make it in a Wolf of Wall Street kind of way. Right. Or like that's I just my saw Hus actually I just saw Hustlers. Okay. Um and it has the same problem in that I came out, I saw it with three girlfriends and all of us were like, I wanna be a stripper. 
it makes you want to be a stripper because mm. it makes the lifestyle look incredible until the Wall Street crash and you're like, oh no, they ruined all the fun that the strippers were happening, having. And you're like, no, 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 no. Like maybe you had that one experience yes. where that was ex- that that's what's happened. But as far as I'm aware, not having been a stripper myself, I don't think everyone mm. who's stripper is yeah. happy about it. No. I find those films really problematic because they're like. They with they want you to be angry about it, but actually what they're doing is going, look how fun it is to yeah. have loads of money. Mm. Isn't it amazing? Whatever means you get it from, it's great. Yeah. Whereas I felt like this film was great because it showed you what they loved about this. Yeah. And equally never ever made you want to be part of it. No. The whole time you were mm. like, You're shit. I hate you. But for for me, the scene the bit at the dinner that kind of made me just go, No, fuck this film was it's the bit when Holiday Granger comes in. So Holiday Granger. But why does that make you go fuck this it's, film? It, no, it's one. It's one of the lines. In okay, it. Go on. So Holiday Granger plays Max Lines' character's girlfriend, who and she's from like a northern state school. She's and he's super posh. Yeah. And she's from a northern state school, and they meet in Oxford and they start going out. Yeah. Which is yeah. And then happens. At, at the dinner, once Max Lines has been inducted into the riot club, mm. he texts her saying, "I need you to rescue me," or it might be implied that someone has taken. I his think phone. someone's taken his phone. I don't think he does yeah. it. And she arrives after the prostitute that they hired refuses to suck them all off. Yeah. So that already is shit, but also Natalie Dormer completely steals that scene. I'm like, yes, you go girl. Yeah. But then someone says to her, okay, maybe not that much money. How about 27 grand as her university fees? Wait, wait, wait. So they say that to Holiday Granger. They say Holiday Granger. And that for me was the point where I was like, no. Because someone, there was a lot of kind of that attitude at Oxford the, it was kind of both sides. It was kind of rich kids being rich kids because, oh, look, I've got all this money, yeah. doesn't give a shit. But then there was also rich kids who didn't want everyone to think they were rich kids but still acted like rich kids. And yeah. that, for me, really pissed me off because it is just like, no, you don't get to act like this. You don't get to make me feel bad because I've got a student loan. But that's why this film is so good, mm. I think. It, it but is, we're not so good. Yeah. I wouldn't say like it's the best film ever, but like I just think mm-hmm. that wouldn't make me annoyed at the film. That makes me annoyed at the characters that it's portraying, yeah. which is that I think the whole point. Mm. I also find that really interesting because I went to see this film with three boys. Yeah. And when we came out, I was like, that is ridiculous. Like that is horrific. Because <laughs> yeah, she, they're like, we'll pay your university fees if you suck every single one of us yeah. off underneath the table. Like a dog or something. Yeah. Well, not a dog. I would hope you wouldn't do that with a dog. But you know what I mean. Yeah. And they were all like, you're joking, I would do that. And it was like, yeah, because you're not threatened by it. No. Because the whole point is the gender relations here. Yeah. Because if you're a bo- like, as in, it's very easy for you to, like, as a straight boy, to be like, oh, I do that for money. Because you will never have to be in that situation. No, exactly. And no one's ever made that suggestion about you. And no one's ever done that to you mm. before. Oh, this is going to get me on a fem- feminist round. But like, Thursday, I was in the pub and mm. I went out to buy a drink. And for me and like someone else, and there were this group of guys and they were all at least 10 years older than me, if not more. I would say some of them in their 50s, mm. all drinking, also waiting at the bar. Someone comes up and is like, who's first? And I was like, oh, it's definitely them. And this guy was like, no, 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 you go. And I was like, okay, fine. All his friends were like, oh, what are you doing? Just because she's fit, like just because she's mm. pretty. And I was like, I can literally hear you. And it's not compliment that, no. that's rude. And then I ordered... And the guy was like, oh, do you want a single or a double? As in the GNT. And I was like, single. And they were like, oh, at least she's single. And I yeah. was like, I'm actually not. And they mm. were like, oh, I shouldn't have let her go in front of you. And it's like, oh, I'm so sorry. So your like, lovely gentlemanly action was in fact based on the fact that you find me attractive and you wanted to get in my pants. It's mm. what you're implying yeah. here. That's a fucking dick move. What would you do if like, if I did that to them, not at all the same consequences? No. Because 
Ah! And, it's, and, it, and it just for this me... This film just highlighted that. That's why I like it, because I just think yeah. you can't... I think it's really hard to watch it and but, not be but like... For, but for <laughs> me, I just... I don't know, there was just some of the way... I think for me, it was also some of the way that it shot, I found very kind of... Not celebratory, but I feel like especially the initiation processes, yeah. that really fucked me off. Because it's it's the idea that I can destroy all of your shit and it doesn't matter because yeah. you can just replace it. If someone had put a drumstick through my laptop, I would have gone round being like, who did it? I want your testicles as earrings. Like, <laughs> I do not care who your dad is, how much money you have. You have destroyed my property. Because also, if they've done that to my room... But you're not the person in this film, no, exactly. And that and that, for me... Then kind of thinking, I put myself in the perspective of them. They can just buy a new laptop. They can just buy a whole new set of Yeah, clothes. yeah, exactly. And there's so the... End but I think that's why yeah. this is powerful, because mm. their reactions are so off what normal human yeah. behaviour is, that you're like, Jesus Christ. Like, mm. it's such a depressing film. Oh, As in, awful. you end and you're like, there's no happy yeah. ending here. Like, no one gets justice for this. No. Like, they, they like, punch the guy. They punch the restaurant owner to death. Almost a death, yeah. He has to go to hospital and stuff. And nothing seems to really happen no. to them about it. And they don't stick together. Yeah. They're not loyal. And then you just end and you're like, no, these are the people running country and there's no way to make them feel shame. No. And, and, that's, and that's the thing is that even though, like, Max Iron's character at the end of the film is like, no, fuck the Riot Club, he still has no consequences for yeah. what he's done. He gets suspended for a little bit of a term. That's yeah. it. Sam Claflin's character gets expelled from the uni, but still gets like, oh, have this lawyer. You'll be fine because of who you are. And that but that's, again, that's really the point, right? Because and that's I, what happens. And I think, for me, I don't particularly like watching films who are where essentially the whole cast is are those sorts of things. I'm not a big fan of I think if if the villain is the protagonist, they need a stronger counterpoint. Like, I think in uh, There Will Be Blood, the villain is... The protagonist. Have you seen it? No. Okay. Uh, Daniel Day-Lewis plays another perspective. Okay. It's a great film. But Paul Dano is kind of like his his kind of moral counterpoint. And they have a really interesting interplay. There's no interplay. And for me, as someone who is very much on the other side from the people in this film, I wanted to go through and just scream at all of them. Because I, I hate that that is the image that people still have of Oxford. And I would agree with that criticism of the film in mm. that it perpetuates an image of yeah. us, which, which I don't think is like true. But no. I don't think that's why it should have. As in, I understand why they couldn't just do the dinner scene because yeah. it's a movie. But equally, I think it would have been good if it was just the dinner scene because it doesn't make it clear where they come from no. or anything like that. And I think it heightens the tension. Mm. Equally, I think it's so important that people oh, watch yeah. it and get angry because this is as I've mm. said many a time. Literally, who's running the country? Like. People should be angry about mm. that. I would have made more of a link. I would have been, as in, obviously it came out before all of this malarkey oh kicked God, off yeah. that's just going on at the moment. But if I were doing this film now at the end, I'd like have one of them with very tousled blonde hair. And yeah. I'd potentially be like, oh, you're, look how similar they are. One of them who looks a little bit like a Victorian undertaker. Yeah, you know, I think that's why I like the movie is because mm. it makes me angry and I feel like I need to be reminded of how horrible yeah. these people are but I think, because I think it's, it's so easy uh, yeah. to be like but they're so clever they mm. went to Oxford and yeah. you're like more mm, mm. no but I think I think <laughs> I didn't enjoy it for the same reason is that it made me angry it made me think this is not the university that I know and when people I tell people still went to this university they're like oh my god you must have like experienced these sort of wild parties like no 
that's what I didn't also, like. Also, but I do it. feel like I know some of the attitude that goes on around mm. it. Like, as in the posh boy attitude, in that pack mentality, I didn't experience personally. Yeah. Like, the whole attitude of boys together, mm. hundred of, uh, sorry, rugby drinks. Yes. Oh, the, I mean, the, the scene where they have, like, the rowing dumb rules, it's just like a little offhand thing. It's like, oh, every time this song comes, they all have to take the shirts off and down the drink. I was like, yeah, that's the sort of dumb thing that rowing's... But some of their attitudes towards yeah. women, I'm not like as in this didn't. What they do did not happen ever. No. But the attitude is the same. It's definitely is the yeah. same. I think. And and it also also so one of the members is gay and there's kind of that sort of undertone there yeah. and there's definitely still that then it's it's that kind of sort of oh therefore you're not man enough to be sort of that kind of thing because mm-hmm. you don't want this and it's just oh it's so it's so icky and gross and I. I hate that, that it's still in power, but I think it's a very powerful film because it does make you kind of confront this. And I think if you have been to Oxford University and you haven't seen this film, watch it. If you are going, don't watch this film until after you No, I, I genuinely, I having done that, I would mm. watch it and I would say as someone who went yeah. relatively recently and knows who would go, like, it's not like that. Mm. As long as you bear in mind, your experience will be nothing like that. No. Your experience will be amazing, hopefully. Yeah. Like, it will be a lot of work. Mm. It will have nothing to do with these boys. You will meet some of these boys and yeah. you will never talk to them again no. because they're annoying. And like, afterwards, you'll get to do a podcast with one of your friends from uni. Exactly. Like, as long as you bear that in mind, yeah. watch the film. If you want to watch the film as an accurate representation of what's going on, not what the majority of students are like or no. do, but some of those attitudes are definitely still there. Definitely. Ah, <sighs> heavy one. <laughs> Very heavy one, and I don't think it's going to get any lighter particularly. No. Um, so, on to my film, which is continuing the series of Sam Makes Alice Watch Obscure Films. And also, Sam Makes Alice Watch Really Depressing Shit. Yay! Yay! Um, so I want you to watch a film that just, it defies categorisation, this film. What did you think of Snowpiercer? Snowpiercer is a 2013 science fiction dystopia action film. So to many genres! Wikipedia, um, directed by Korean director Bong Joon-ho. Uh, it's based on a graphic novel, a French graphic novel. Um, it stars Chris Evans, Tilda Swinton, John Hurt, Jamie Bell, Octavia Spencer, um, who are residents on a train after the world freezes and every, all of humanity are now just on this train. And So they, as in... They went on the train, and the train goes round the world. Yeah. It takes... Sorry, I'm just explaining because it took me a long time to work out what was going yeah, on. Um, they're all on this train, which is self-sustaining in some sort of way, yeah. potentially, and it just goes round and round the earth. It's got one track, and it journeys around the earth, and it takes a year for them to go all the way around the earth, so they can actually measure yeah. time through it. Um, they all go on this, which is, I think, maybe separate, maybe not separate. Mm. And at the similar time, all of the other people on Earth are like, we're going to combat global warming. But in doing so, they freeze the entire yeah. Earth. So, like, the efforts to stop climate change mm. actually kill everyone. Yeah. So they're just going through this, like, snowy wasteland constantly. Mm. And they're all separated into the classes. Yeah. Like, and Bong Joon-ho, kind of, he, his films often, or at least his English language films, I haven't seen any of his Korean films, they focus a lot on, like, kind of, social or like ethical issues so his second film Oxja which I think is better than this um is often about like animal rights and factory farming and that's a really interesting one also has Tilda Swinton in it because of course it does um yeah this is I just want to know what you thought really um 
It was quite distressing, this, actually. Like, mm. again, wasn't really aware of what I was going to watch. Like, no. you know, but at least I was prepared and I was like, I have to watch this concentrate and, like, yeah. see it. Snoopy's I put on as I was working and I was, like, actually quite disturbed by it. At some points I had to take my headphones off and just, like, not watch for a little bit yeah. and let it happen. Tilda Swinton was awesome. Yeah. Chris Evans didn't realise it was him for a good long while and then was like, oh, yeah, Chris it's, Evans! It's Chris Evans at it's a time like when I've he's seen him before. Captain America, but also he's not playing a very Captain America-y character. Yeah, not at all. Um, um, I actually found it so stressful to watch that I had to look up the plot on Wikipedia before it finished in that I like read... You need to know what happens. I, would, I wouldn't read the whole thing at a time, but I'd just when it got mm. really tense, I'd go look at the little bit of paragraph next just to check what was going to happen yeah. and then I'd go back and watch it. I found it too no, very stressful. The body count in this film is significant. Yeah, fucking like huge. And also the plot twists are like, they're not even plot twists, they're just twists and you're like, it's just oh. It's like, the fuck? It, it, it kind of, it wiggles and wiggles and wiggles this film. Like and a train. Like a train. Oh. It's a plot train. Choo-choo. Oh. Choo-choo, motherfuckers. <laughs> but then, I mean, there's, there's one sequence that it's like when, so basically there's the back of the train, which is sort of like the underclass who... Yeah. Which is and, where we start. Yeah, and I think it's implied that they got on the train, because the train is meant to be like this luxury liner, they got on the train as the apocalypse was happening to try and save them. I think that's that's kind of implied. So they're all sort of crammed at the back. So that's uh, where Octavia And it's like foul, yeah, stinking area. And then they try... Oh, that is so sad. They start taking kids. Yeah. This dad's like, absolutely not taking my child. And what yeah. they do to him... This is one of the most disgusting... Honestly, it, it made me so upset. I had to walk away from the computer for a little bit. They stick, they have a hole and they stick his arm outside where it is insane temperatures yeah. as they're speeding along. So obviously it makes it colder and his arm just slowly freezes mm. and then they bring it back inside and they just chop it. Yeah, they smash it off. They amputate it off, basically. And yeah, and so... The, the and there's loads of people missing limbs, so you know that this yeah. has happened before. Yeah. Oh. It's, the, the styling of this film is really interesting, and I think it also just... It it, it works really, really well. Um, so then the back of the train decides, revolution, and they're going to fight their way to the front of the train. Yeah. Led by Chris Evans. Yeah. Um, because, of course, because he's the lead. Um, and there is a sequence, when they get, I'd say, about a third up the train where there are these kind of people that come from the front of the train to stop them and then the lights go out and then there's a sequence oh, yeah. where they are kind of fighting in the dark and you just see sort of they're fighting flashes. against night vision yeah. goggles though and it, crucially and it's it's genuinely people just there sitting there like what on what why am i watching so, a massacre why why am i watching this that's where you're like you're like why is why why has someone put this on screen yeah and then you then kind of get through that, but then also this sort of like just array of bodies. And then they just keep going and keep going. And you see sort of like how they've managed to adapt to living on this train. Also, the fact that they've been lied to. So yeah. all the lower class people are basically eating bars made up of ground up cockroaches. Yeah. Then you go through and you realise they've got a literal ecosystem aboard the train yeah. and everyone else is eating like sushi and shit. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's interesting that I think both of our films kind of talk about class, but in very different ways. Yeah, like, true. I think Snowpiercer true. talks about it in terms of sort of inequality and the fact that through go climbing through one class to the other, it's sort of implying that you have to smash the system through or just be the last one standing. Or be assimilated in. Yeah. Because, um, as we said at the top of the episode, spoiler warning, um, Chris Evans is the last one standing of the people from the back of the train uh not quite not like, oh yeah. yeah actually no not quite so there's chris evans and then these two characters 
um, who one of who are both addicted to essentially post-apocalyptic meth, which is also highly explosive. This is a plot point that will come out later. And I think the most important thing is that again, spoilers. Don't listen. If you, but I honestly don't feel like most of you will watch this. But it is good. Um, <laughs> it's on Netflix, so it's on Netflix. The the crucial thing is that it's saying that even if you think you're uprising, you're not. Yeah. Because upper class are always manipulating you into mm. thinking that you're getting something yeah. and you're not getting it. I thought that was the most powerful point. Because mm. uh, essentially, there's um, the person whose train it is played by Ed Harris. His character appears at the end of the film and espouses this to Chris Evans that essentially him and John Hurt's character, who's at the back of the train, have orchestrated this whole thing. And John Hurt's character was Chris Evans' like mentor and shit, yeah. so like it's even more devastating. Also, he's John Hurt. How could he let someone down? I know. How could you, John Hurt? But it, I think with this film, it's very visually arresting. It yeah. looks very cool. Yeah, yeah, it's um, awesome. It's also kind of a hot mess. It's so fucking weird. It's, Tilda yeah. Swinton's in it. I didn't realise that was Tilda Swinton until I was like... Mm, Tilda Swinton lived. featuring some aggressive teeth. Aggressive teeth. And like a thick northern accent. Yeah. So it is. Yeah. Is all she says all the time. Yeah. She's like, we'll kill 72% of them. So it is. And you're yeah. like, what? 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 It's also interesting, I thought, because like it's weird that she's not in the... To be really stereotypical, it's weird that she's in the upper class. Yeah. <laughs> like... A film would normally use someone like, and so it well, is. It's interesting that John Hurt, who has she's... that kind of much more like RP voice, yeah. is at the back of the train. Yeah, I thought that was cool. Mm -hmm. With this film, I, I just don't know because then there's some sequences, like the sequence in the school. <gasps> that's awesome. That's so, so weird. So weird. I was like, I don't understand what's just happened. No. So there's a sequence in the school where they arrive at the school and they are holding Tilda Swinton hostage at the school. Yeah, as in the revolutionaries arrive at this like school and then there are these kids yeah. there like, yeah! And they're all celebrating a year being on the train, and you're yeah. like, ah, oh, interesting, like, a bit of backstory, finally, yeah. for fuck's sake. And you see, like, these people who tried to escape once, and yeah. it's, like, a big deal and stuff, mm. and you see how, like, they couldn't get off. And then the teacher's weird, because she's like, if we get off the train, we will all die. die. And then all those kids are like, we Yay. will all die. Yay! It's just really odd. Yeah. And then these eggs arrive, yeah. and you're like, why are there eggs? Mm. And then they turn out to be bullets, and then a machine gun fight happens. Yeah. And it's like... What happened to all the children? Then the, the children were there at this the point. Children? Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's a, such a bizarre it's film. bizarre. It's kind of weird in that it's bizarre, but also slightly compelling. Because you're like, where the fuck's this going? Yeah, I, I still don't really know. No. Having, having watched it, it's... I feel like the class point is good. Yeah. I, I, like I, I, think, I think the theme is very kind of consistent and strong. Yeah. The rest of it is... It really reminded me, um, I don't know if you've seen it or read it, of High Rise. Which is I haven't. I, I really want to. It's a book by J.G. Ballard and then they made the movie adaptation and Tom Hiddleston's in it. Yes. I fucking hate it. But like, it was very similar in okay. terms of like, High Rise is about, the concept is awesome. It's like, my tutor at uni made it sound so good that I read it and then was really mm. bitterly disappointed. Okay. But like, it's intriguing. It's like High Rise Towers and it was about, it was... Uh, written like the height of when these high-rise towers, a bit like we were talking about with Grenfell, yeah. were being created and everyone was like, oh my god, self-sustaining, like amazing, you know, architecture. And Tom Hiddleston buys a flat in one and it's like incredibly high up and on certain floors there's like a pool and on certain floors mm. there's a bar. And obviously people who can pay more go higher up because that's what happens in high-rise buildings. And then for some reason something breaks down. I can't remember what, what it is. 
people stop leaving the high rise, but it's never fully explained okay. why. And then the electricity starts going off and there are like, the lift stops working and there are just like weird things happening. Mm-hmm. And it ba- basically it's about like how the entire ecosystem of life goes feral and like this class system erupts that you don't, anyway, it's okay. very complicated. I hate it because the way he draws, I think JJ Ballard draws women is like pathetic and shit. Mm-hmm. Equally, it's a very interesting concept and it's very similar in that Tom Hiddleston is fighting his way up to the top okay. to find the creator of the whole thing who then explains the entire design, ah. which in the film is Jeremy Irons. Okay. Um, loads of people die and there's loads of different like random things going on. Oh. And obviously yeah. the place that's got the swimming pool is like the prioritised place. Mm. You know, all of that yeah. kind of stuff. So when I was watching this, I was like, this really reminds me of a film I did not really enjoy. Did you prefer this to High Rise though? Yeah, but that's... Maybe partly because I'd read High Rise and I didn't like okay. it. So when I watched the movie, I was like, mm, "What I is know, this? This is not going to be good." Because I, I think I think with Snowpiercer, it's an interesting concept. It is an interesting concept, and I think that also the fact that it ends in kind of this weird rave. Oh yeah. And then the ravers start attacking them, and I'm like, "What's what's going on?" Clearly, Bong Joon Ho just wanted to have a rave in there somewhere. Because that's that's the thing. It's is- also like thinking about it logically. Are you actually arguing that every time someone wants to go to like yeah. the spa, they have to walk through a club? Yeah. I don't understand it's, that. And then also there's a bit where like they're in this like weird glass thing and you're like, that's not particularly, you know, good when it's freezing outside. The logic of this film slightly falls apart, but I do think it's an interesting watch and also just because it's bonkers. Yeah. It's quite a fun... No, I wouldn't say fun. I and, uh, I don't know. This is the thing is, I keep... I think it'd be a good it, movie yeah. to watch with a group of friends if you're like, like prepared to be fuck? like, what the fuck is going on? Oh my God. Yeah. Or like a partner if you're on like a really rogue date night or something. Yeah. I bet you could find a really good drinking game to play with. Oh, definitely. Any time there's some bullshit, drink. Yeah, but like also like any time someone's killed, drink. Yeah. Oh, any time there's um, post-apocalyptic meth, drink. Yeah, like so many things. Um, yeah, but yeah. I wouldn't like go out and be like, oh my god, Snowpiercer, you must watch it. I think I think it's one that I would say watch it if you're interested. I don't understand the end. So the end, I, I like, think we need to talk about talk about the ending. Yeah. So the end. The daughter who's addicted to meth. Yeah survives and so does Octavia Spencer's little boy who has been taken from her at the beginning of the movie yeah. and then the reason Chris Evans is offered the entire train by the inventor yeah he's like you've made it to the end like the Hunger Games you get to take over now Hooray! and then Chris Evans says he's gonna take like it looks like he's going to do yeah. it he's assimilated into the upper class and he like forgets about everyone else and then the meth daughter prizes up the panels of yeah. the bottom of the train and you realise that the train doesn't have enough parts to sustain itself. So it's using children. So they're using children, which is disgusting. And then one of them is Octavia Spencer's son. And Chris Evans snaps to reality, saves the son at the expense of his own arm, which is important because of a long and complicated yeah. story that we can't bother to go into right now. And then the whole train explodes. Because because the, the two junkies blow up the train. Yeah. But they're because not the meaning junkies... to blow up the train. They're meaning to blow up the door, I think. Well, no, I think, I think yeah, because, because basically the two junkies, when you see in the school the people that escaped and froze to death, they're like, it's getting warmer because I saw, a pl- like, there was a plane with less snow on they it. They say this, like, this right at the end, though. Yeah. So they think it's getting warmer and then at the end, the whole train blows up and then the only two survivors are Meth Girl and the son. Yeah. Like, the little boy. And then they're all wrapped in fur and they walk out and then they see a polar bear and it's like, oh my God, life exists. 
and then it ends. And then conveniently it's a boy and a girl, even yeah. though the girl's like way older than the boy. Yeah, I think she's meant that. to be about 17, he's meant to be about 9. Yeah, so, but like obviously they're going to have to start the human race again, like eventually. Yeah. Just because you've seen a polar bear, I know that means that life exists, but also we just saw someone's hand get frozen off. Yeah. Like earlier in the film. It can't be that much better. How can it be that much better? Yeah, also it's a polar bear, it's going to eat you. Well, yeah, but it's quite well, no. far away to be fair, they have to zoom yeah. in quite heavily on it. But also like, where are they going to find food? I like, know. just because a polar bear can survive doesn't mean a human can survive. Yeah. It's, it was all very confusing. It's very weird. Yeah. No, I can't, I'm, I, I kind of sort of want to make you watch Oxygen now, just, just to see what you think, but I'm not Maybe I'm not like in to. a few months or something. Few months. Episode 30, I'll make you watch Oxygen. Yeah, yeah, let's do that then. Speaking of episodes coming, scores on the door. Scores on the door. Woo. So it's starting with my TV, yeah? Yes. So I wanted you to watch the capture and I gave it, I'm actually going to change my score from what's on the spreadsheet mm -hmm. at the moment. I'm going to give it a six because having talked about it, it wasn't that good. But I did enjoy it. Um, what are you going to give it? Uh, I'm also going to give it a six, I think. That's I think it's, it's clunky but compelling. Fair enough. Uh, Chernobyl, I gave it ten. Yeah, I, so did I. Like, let's not put it around the No, it's so excellent. Good. It's, oh yeah. The Riot Club. Um, I gave it a six. Seven, and I stick by that because I think mm. actually the issues are so important. Yeah. And actually, since talking about it, I'm gonna up my score slightly, and I'm gonna give it a five. Okay. Just because I, f I feel like it just it, it raised some some eighteen year old rage in me that I didn't particularly want. <laughs> See, that's why I think it's good. I know, and I think that's that's why it's good as well. But also, it made me very sad after watching it. I was like, oh no. So Fair I went enough. And okay. I, I watched an episode of Shit's Creek afterwards, and then felt. Well, I feel like better. if you do that, then you have to make Chernobyl go down because that made me so angry. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's but a... this this is the thing is I feel like with the the anger detracted from my enjoyment of it. Oh okay. That's the worst with Chernobyl. The anger kind of it was built into also the human aspect because I cared about the characters in Chernobyl. I didn't care about the characters. Oh, in I right see. Club. Okay, okay, okay. That's okay, my okay. that's my reasoning. Yeah. Um, and then Snowpiercer, I gave it 7.5. Yeah, I've given it 7. I'm going to yeah. stick by that. I think I, that's, that's fair. I think I, I like the aesthetic of it. And the uh, yeah, and I would great. rate Snowpiercer and the Right Club equally, yeah. and I'd watch the Right Club over Snowpiercer, but that's because it's less yeah. stressful. I don't, I, don't, I don't honestly think I'd watch either of them again. Like, I probably wouldn't, but no. as in, if I had to watch... Uh, if I had to watch the Right Club is easier to watch. Right Club is easier to watch, but also I think Snowpiercer is more visually interesting. Yeah, I would agree. It's 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 close between the They're two. They're both like nicely shot, though. I did think the Right. I remember thinking the Right Club was quite nicely yeah, shot. Yeah, it's, like... it's, it's well done. The Right yeah, Club, yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, so now, if we go to the leaderboard, yeah. we have a brand new entry at number joint number one for TV, Yay. which is Chernobyl joining the West Wing on the second thing to get a perfect score from us. Nah. Yay, Followed well by Inside Number Nine at number two for TV and then Nine of Duty. Oh, those are all such good TV. So shows. I would I would very happily recommend all three of those. Yeah. Just be like all just like go go and watch those four. If you're gonna watch TV this year, those that's all you need. Go. Yeah. And then for films, films hasn't changed. I don't think the bottom of the leaderboard's changed either. We didn't have anything terrible this week. No, I think it was generally pretty pretty good week. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, both of them surprised me with how much I thought they were good, even though they were deeply depressing. I think the captured lived up to what I thought it was going to be, um, but I still enjoyed it. And the Riot Club was exactly what I thought it was going to be, and I got a lot out of it. I think. Yeah. Um, so on to next week. Yay! Next week, so more fun stuff. Definitely more fun stuff. Yeah. Oh, we actually have a not really a special, but it's a special. Well, I think it's I think it's stand up comedy and prestige films. Yes. 
That's a nice. <laughs> Which okay. is a weird combo, Very but we'll complex. go with it. So I'm making you watch James A. Caster Repertoire, um, which is on Netflix. Yes. It's a Netflix series. He did four. You should watch all four of them, but watch the first one yeah. for now. They are amazing. Everyone loves James A. Caster. Yeah. My comedian friend, our comedian friend. Yeah, our comedian friend. Um, Josh Berry, look him up. His impressions Ooh. are excellent. Hey, Josh Berry. Um, he recommended James A. Carson has like obsessed with him and he does an amazing James, really James A. Carson impression yeah. like to the extent that James A. Carson replied to him on Twitter about it it's yeah. incredible and I was like okay I'll have a watch and he's genuinely very very yeah. very funny I, I listen to James A. Caster and Ed Gamble's podcast a lot I used to listen to that I really like it and it's it, he's very funny on that His so I'm, I'm looking forward to it humour is like off the wall it's off the wall but also it's still it's not the kind of like he's surreal like, and I stupid I surveyed some ducks on whether they like bread. Here are the number that said yes, and it's like loads of them, and they're like, yeah. one was indifferent. <laughs> it's just, oh, it's just, and yeah. the reason he's so clever, I think, and we'll talk about this more next time, mm -hmm. but all of the jokes at the beginning always relate to the end. Yeah. Even if you think they're totally irrelevant, mm. they always come back. Yeah, I think, I think speaking of jokes from the beginning that relate to the end, I, for my stand-up comedy special, I would like to watch Catherine Ryan's Glitter Room. Nice, okay. Because I, I think that she's also very good at having that kind of callback. And she's got two Netflix specials. This is the second one. The first one, I think, is called In Trouble. I think this is... I think they're both equally good, but they both kind of cover different things. Okay. I think this one focuses much more on her relationship with her daughter and about sort of the issues that masculinity can present. Yes, okay, cool. And I, and I I think you'll get a lot out of it. Also, I just think Catherine Ryan's really funny. Yeah. I know a lot of people think, oh, it's really annoying. I just think she's got some really good jokes in there. Yeah. And, like, it's, it's a very kind of well-planned special, definitely. Nice. Um, then for film, you're going to watch one of my favourite films, which is The Big Short, which yeah. is about the financial crisis. Another anger-making film. Which I'm shocked I haven't amazing. seen. It's one that everyone says, oh, you have to watch The Big Short, and it's just one I've never got round to. It's, like, such a clear directorial vision yeah. and, like, amazing acting, and, yeah, it will make you so furious. Yeah. Um, my way. my film equally directorial vision so clear amazing performances I want you to watch Roma yeah I want to watch it I just never got around yeah. to it which is a Mexican film directed by Alfonso Cuarón uh, about sort of a maid in 1970s Mexico City and it got a lot of buzz in the past Oscar cycle Alfonso Cuarón won, won best director for this just, is it in Spanish it is in Spanish yeah cool okay and it it blew me away I can see it's just a very kind of contemplative and beautiful film. I'm I'm looking I think it's it's a nice tone shift from what I gave you this week. Yeah, because Snowpiercer was fucking mental. Yeah, but also kind of kind of entertainingly. No, I'm glad well. I saw it. But yeah. Yeah. Um awesome. Sounds yeah. fun. Woo we'll Thank see you, you there. so much for listening. Thanks for listening. If you like us, or if you don't like yeah. us, but go away if you don't like us. Um <laughs> you can find us on all sorts of social media. We're on Instagram at please don't make me watch. We're on Twitter at don't make me watch. We're contactable via email, please get the right email. It's yeah. please don't make me watch at gmail.com. That's please don't make me watch at gmail.com. Thank you. Also available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, and all good podcast providers. Yeah, if it doesn't have us, is it really good? Question that. I don't think so. But, and also, if you want to suggest anything that you think we should watch or do a special episode on, please get in touch. Yeah, we'd love to hear your suggestions. We do. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>